I'm Laura Allen, and this is Hello Thoughts. Every time I pass a field, like a nice open field, I think to myself, I'm going to, I'm just going to pull the car over and take a nice little sprint. Just start going. Maybe pencil roll. I don't know. If any of you have ever done that, congratulations. Good job. Follow your heart, you know. I haven't done that yet, but uh, you don't know. Maybe, maybe I will be. Next time you pass an open field, just take a gander. I might be out there following my gut. I've been having these really awesome guests on. Uh, thank you so much, everyone, for coming on and sharing pieces of yourself. It's been really rewarding for me. And... Uh, I thought maybe it's time to share a little bit about myself. Uh, not the most comfortable thing for me to do. Um, it doesn't come natural for me to just talk about myself. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give it a shot. We'll see. So, okay. Childhood. I'm here. Here on Earth. I have two parents. Uh, Anthony and Maria very loving, a sister who's just three years older than me. My parents, they didn't come from too much, particularly my mom who came here from Cuba when she was about six or so. Uh, they both had a lot of hardships, and I, I feel like a lot of people in that generation could probably just open all kinds of things, you know, that you, you never could even imagine, but uh, they stay a little more hush-hush. But, you know, as time went on, my parents, they definitely uh, opened up, and I guess that's what parents should do. You know, you can't let all the, all the bag of tricks out in one shot. It, it happens slowly. But, yeah, they've both had quite some hardships in their life. Um but uh, hearing about that would just be a whole nother lengthy podcast. So we're going to move on. But yeah, they had their hand dealt to them and it wasn't always the best. But that's life. So they moved on. They they were lucky to have met one another. You know, they had such a strong love and very early on, very young, having met. Um and so, yeah, my sister and I were really fortunate to see their love growing up, super respectful of one another, and kind of put the standards pretty high. And uh, it was it was nice to be a part of that and watch that. Even still to this day, it's it's nice to see how much they love each other. You know, you're together for how many years? Oh my God. And you still have this love for this person. It's like, it's a beautiful thing. There's no denying it. So yeah, we were we were lucky to see that um, growing up. And, you know, some people have kids just to have kids. They check it off the list. But, um, which is the wrong thing to do, people. Okay, it's not like, okay, I'm getting married. Eh, I'm, let me just have a kid. 
But they made a decision to have kids and they respected it and, and really nurtured it and wanted to put all, all their heart as much as they could into it. Um, so we were super lucky to have that and they still are always by our side. So love, love mom and dad. Things happen along the way, but they, they really have put it all into raising us. So, uh, we were lucky. Um, you know, now it's like even the small things, not small, but relatively small in the grand scheme of raising kids. I'm like, shit, thank you. Thank you for giving us braces. Okay, me braces. Thank you. I, I say it every now and then I'll say it to my mom, my dad. Because that's the shit you don't think about when you're younger. Like, okay. Uh, no, your your teeth don't magically just get straight. It's, it's not just like, okay. Here, child, here are your braces. No, that shit's thousands of dollars, okay? So, thank you, Mom and Dad, for my braces. means a lot. Um, yeah, I was really also very lucky to grow up with a, a sister and a good one at that. She uh, always had my back, uh, except for when she would, you know, put stories into my head and thrive off of my frightened mind but nevertheless honestly she was you know I think about childhood and I pretty much think of her um she always let me join in the fun always gave me a hug when I needed always laughed at me when I got hurt you know would check on me a little bit later after the belly laugh ended uh she gave me her wisdom, but also always gave me her ear. So it was good being her sister. Uh, now, now as an adult, I think to myself, you know, I always had her to turn to and to talk to and lean on. And, you know, I, I definitely gave her that and still give it to her to this day. But you think, oh, well, when she was a kid, you know, she didn't have an older sister to go to. So what was that like? You know, I'm going to have to ask her. I'll have her on one of these days. But yeah, she was wonderful. Always, always had my back, that girl. Um, so I was loved. I was safe. And in this dark, fucked up world, I guess that's really <laughs> all anyone could ask for. Right? Um, personality wise, I was very quiet growing up, but I was also extremely strong willed. Also always looking for excitement right in between that girly, but tomboyish kind of vibe. Um, I would be smearing lipstick on my face, but also rolling in the mud in the woods you know, bike riding through my wounds. I'm not hurt. I'm fine. My knee's on the curb, but I'm going to continue. Um, I was also a huge fucking scaredy cat, and I still am. The dark? No. 
No, you can forget about that. It's not happening for me. I had great cousins. Um, I grew up especially with my one cousin, Jackie, who's my age. I feel like it's great growing up with cousins your age because it's like, I don't know, they're, they're exactly around your age. They're not in your household. So it's like a different experience. Um, you can kind of talk about what's going on a little bit, share some things. But um, they, they get you, they're on your level. Uh, they're not in your house, but it's like, it's just fun having a cousin your age. So I, I had great cousins and that was always really nice. And it's nice to catch up with them every now and then. Haven't in a long time because this fucking bullshit we're going through. But uh, yeah, so I had my cousins. I had a nice neighborhood. Kids always around to play with. I danced. Played piano briefly. It's hard, you know, when you have a short attention span to sit down and practice piano. It's not easy. So, I, I mean, I'm sure kids, they have a natural gift and they, they just play and they enjoy it and they, you know, love what they do. But I could not sit there and play. It just wasn't for me after a little while. So I landed on dance and I threw myself into that love dance it's funny you know thinking about your childhood I feel like sometimes it's difficult to actually like put yourself there I don't know it's like and I did hear that there's something called childhood amnesia I, I feel like that's a real thing all right so yeah I'm I I, I enjoyed dance I was a fun-seeking kid. And and then here it does get a little womp-womp. So some of you might not care to listen and some might relate. And others, I hope, can get maybe inspired. I don't know. But yeah, I was uncomfortable with myself. uh, Even during my earliest memories. Um, school was really hard for me. The tapping of the pen, the tying of the shoelace, the sniffle across the room, the teacher's cranky energy that day. It was very hard for me to hone in on what I was actually supposed to be doing. I quickly got a chuckle from the kid who'd be disruptive. I understood that person. You know, my mind was right there with them, but I was shy, so I didn't disrupt until, you know, a little bit later on. So, yeah, I did dance a lot at an early age. I loved it. I felt really good at it, although I had to work really hard at it. Um, it was it was great. I, I really enjoyed it. It got my energy out. I felt like I was good at it. You know, so it gave me confidence until it just didn't anymore. Um, truthfully, I really can't pinpoint when my body became uncomfortable to me, but it was sadly very early on. Um, 
I definitely remember feeling like this by around maybe third grade, eight years old, I'd say. And uh, as an adult now, I know I was always growing slightly ahead of my classmates, but I was also super average. I was an, an overweight child. I was very normal, except for the mind playing tricks. So, um, yeah, quickly, uh, these uncomfortable thoughts started to devour my mind, leaving me just uncomfortable and vulnerable no matter what I was doing, from dancing to a leotard to sitting in a chair, just looking at the size of my legs squashed up against the chair. It's like once I planted that seed, it just rooted itself into who I was. And I, I couldn't couldn't stop those thoughts from, you know, coming on. I felt scared of my own thoughts because I, I just couldn't stop them from burying me. Uh, looking around, it didn't seem like anyone else felt like that, you know, it seemed like everyone else kind of had their shit together and everything made sense to to them while I was living in this uh, just weird headspace. And uh, now I obviously know that that's not true and many people feel and felt the same as I did, you know, which it makes me sad. I wish that wasn't the case. But my mind was super distracted already in general. And then, you know, I found this new thought process uh, destroying me. So any chance that I had um, to focus on school or other things was pretty much over. You know, it just once it came on, it came on and I, I couldn't couldn't stop that. So here I am, you know, trying to dance, trying to do school, but the thoughts were just there. And um, now at that point, I was feeling like a failure at everything um, and constantly telling myself that, that I was. So feeling helpless and out of control, I started to learn I could control my food. Why don't I eat a little less and a little less? And things just got kind of worse and worse. Um, it surrounded everything I did. You know, school, dance, hanging out with friends. Everything was interrupted. Uh, I would deprive myself food. And then when I couldn't deprive myself, you know, a.k.a. eating dinner with my family, um, I started to to purge. And um, it just took over everything I did. Now thinking about it, it's like it's so hard to, to think about because I have children and thinking about the age I was dealing with this, it's, it's, it's not an easy thing. And I was 
you know, it's it's hard to wrap your head around when here I am, a child with a family who loves me, and, you know, I had friends, I was talented at dancing, yeah, I had a hard time at school, but in the grand scheme of things, it's like, why does that kind of thing happen? I mean, it, you could dissect it and and think about it, and there's little moments, I guess, along the way that kind of ball up into this, you know, just shitstorm. And um, like I said, once I planted that seed, it just, there was just no getting past it. You know, and then, oh, shit, here comes middle school where your body image really starts to matter. You know, like before it wasn't even, you know, anything that was constantly talked about. But now, forget it. Who's slapping whose ass? Who's making out with who in the hallway? It's it's just like everything was just like in your face. Like, oh, you got to look this way. You got to be this way. You got to act this way. Oh, that's not cool. Oh, that's cool. It's just so many things that are happening in goddamn middle school. And to start it out with that kind of mindset is just, ooh, it's just a disaster waiting to happen. So, yeah, all the while I'm, you know, still dancing. And then... My, I want to say, yeah, it was like my seventh grade year. Um, I injured my back, and that just kind of sent me on a downward spiral even more because here I had this thing that I felt good at, talented at, um, and then it wasn't there anymore. So then the dark thoughts just kind of raged on you know it got worse and worse at school and then uh yeah I mean not much nowhere to go from there really at least that's how it felt um so it got worse you know it got worse fast and every day all day was about food don't be hungry, you know, don't do that, what's that, your thighs are still too big, they're going to be too big if you eat, um, don't eat that, it looks too good, it looks too good, your waist is just not small enough, don't be hungry, that boy made fun of you today, don't eat, you're going to throw it up, I'm upset about life, about everything. So just don't eat, Laura. Just don't eat. This went on and on in my life until my firstborn daughter. Thank God for Ruby, really. Um, so yeah, in eighth grade, I clearly lost, 
you know, any chance I had at battling my eating disorder, it was just kind of just took over. Um, I started distancing from any of my friends that were worthwhile because, you know, why would I stay around that? Uh, you don't want people that are good to see you crumble. You, you're abusing yourself, you know. You know, um, they say abusers take their victims away from anyone who could help. So, yeah, I, I was doing that with myself. Don't, don't be too close to anyone who's good because they might see you. um so yeah being in the wrong crowd I just ran into many issues with different people and it just made me devalue my young body and mind even more um and you know what I was saying about not like letting good people in at that time you're you're so young I'm talking eighth grade and leaning on people was hard and it it was hard to go to adults because just that feeling of you don't want to feel like a failure you know for many of reasons but then you as a kid you kind of like look to Oh, maybe I'll open up to to a friend. And then you finally do. And then it's too much. It's too overwhelming for another child. So side note, just like if you are a young person listening and, and dealing with this, um... Don't decide to tell, you know, one friend and then kind of get this non-reaction and then decide to bury it and not ask anyone else for help because they are just young people, um, just the same as you, overwhelmed by the world, and it's a lot to deal with. So if you're having issues um, with your body, if any sort of issue, I feel abuse, any, any major issue and you're young and you think it might be a good idea to tell a friend, maybe you're right, but you also need to find an adult, a responsible adult that could help you along. And it might take some time to find that person, but I promise you that there's someone, a counselor, an adult, because children are not meant to have to deal with this kind of thing. And if you're going through it, chances are a childhood friend is is not going to be the right person to guide you through it. It's too much, too heavy. Yeah, in high school, things felt a little bit better. My backbone started to feel a little stronger, literally and figuratively. I felt more confident having my older sister in school with me. I mean, anybody who has an older sibling that got to experience high school with their older sibling knows what I mean. 
it's just like, oh, okay, I can handle this. My 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 girl's over there. She's got my back. You just you have a confidence about you. Although I had no confidence, I had confidence in that. Like my my sister has got my back, so so I'm good here. I'm safe. Um, so yeah, felt great. I was partying. I felt more comfortable living with my eating disorder. Things were great. You know? Just great. Um, and in high school, I met Taylor Allen, my now husband. So that kick-started a chapter that so far hasn't closed. Just kidding. I love you. But yeah, I mean, he was fine. And kind. Who knew that was a thing at the time? Um, he was he was my whole my whole world. Quick, so yeah, I met Taylor in high school. Um, he was the whole package, laughter, all that good stuff, and uh, that laughter kind of took me away from some of my darkest moments. I felt like he understood who I was. He just kind of like got me. And uh, he drew, introduced me to a bunch of music I'd never heard and shows. And I was like, yeah, this is fucking awesome. This world of music. I mean, I listened to everything in middle school and then into high school. But I didn't know like punk music and you know, he was really into ska, and I, I didn't know any of that, and I was, this was great, and then it got me into, you know, different avenues of music I'd never heard, and that, someone going through all this shit, you need your, you need music, okay, so yeah, music became such a big part of my life, and, um, yeah, so we fell in love, and, when I think about it, I'm like, oh, my God, he really he really loved me and loves me. But to put up with between myself just constantly hating on myself and drinking problems because I was drinking a lot. Um, I do realize just how much he, he loved me if he wanted to deal with all that. You know, but yeah, it was hard even with him, who I felt so close with. Um, I, I couldn't crush these uncontrollable dark thoughts that I had. Um, it was just to a point where it just wasn't it wasn't going to change. It was just who I was, no love or care could really change that. Um, so while that was happening, I started to get closer to kind of ending high school and um, my classmates and friends were starting to talk about college, which I 100% knew wasn't going to be an option for me. Or at least I, I didn't believe I could. So um, 
I just was kind of like, what the fuck am I going to do here? You know, I need a job. But kind of when I look back, I'm like, oh, well, the inspiration to do hair and makeup was kind of always there. Because when I was younger, um, really, I mean, let's face it, the only thing I really wanted to do was become a backup dancer. Yes, I said it. And it could have been for anyone. I didn't care who. I just wanted to be behind them, like, you know, busting a move. And it's ridiculous now to think about that. But I really did want to. But anyway, back to dance. That's kind of, I think, where my kind of love for hair and makeup began. Because here at all these competitions, I had to have my hair and makeup a specific way and I took it very seriously you know like every hair had to be in place perfect and the makeup had to be just right so like looking back I feel like that's definitely where hair and makeup comes into play for me I was in high school I needed to figure it the fuck out so I ended up getting a job as a receptionist at a salon that was literally across the street from my house. I could walk there, so it was perfect. I didn't have my license yet. So I just would walk back and forth to work. And I found hair. And my brain was actually excited to be learning about something. Who would have thought? Um, and I was really into art. At the time in high school and I saw how good, you know, I'm working there. I'm seeing all these clients and seeing how excited they are about their hair and how good it made them feel. So, I mean, it just clicked for me. I was like, this is everything for me. And um, it was hard because my parents definitely wanted me to go to college and... I could understand because they didn't know what you could do with hair and that you could actually be successful and have a career doing it. So I get it now as an adult, but it was hard. I was like, I got to convince them to do this and this is what I want to do. I know I'm not going to be any good at college. It's not going to be for me. I'm going to fail out. Um, And here's this thing right at my fingertips that I know I'm going to be good at. I had actual confidence in it. It was exciting. So I went to one week of community college. And then I came home like, no way in hell am I doing this. Um, I I need to go to hair school. (laughs) So, um, yeah, I, I I also had to be working with my hands. Like some people, you know, they like to use their brains and apply it. I'd like to use my brain, visualize things and use my hands. So I knew I needed to work with my hands. So I went um, and had, you know, the worst hair of my life during that time of school. I mean, that shit was fucking ugly. <laughs> I can't I can't believe Taylor stuck around for that. Because those looks, oof, they were rough. Um, so yeah, I'm 
here in school, feeling confident about learning for the first time, I threw myself into hair and makeup and I was in love with all the creativity I was able to use, having visions, you know, come to life, having other people's visions come to life, experiencing clients and it was it was really very, very amazing for me and personally so satisfying. Um, and it came super easy for me to listen to people and uh, to put my heart into making them feel beautiful. It was something I was personally seeking and and unfortunately unable to give to myself, but it just came very natural and easy to me, uh, except for that one sleaze from uh, maybe like 2006, not him. But it came very easy to me to lift people up, and it was it was wonderful. Um, so I was thriving doing hair, and I was upside down in love with a guy. Uh, all the while, I was still hating on myself. You can't get rid of those feelings on your own. You know, once it passes a certain point, you really need to ask for help. I, unfortunately, was unable to do that. And it took so much time out of my life you know, feeling this unnecessary um, way. So anyway, so I went on my successful, um, for me, for what I wanted to be doing, I was successful with my job and with Taylor. And um, he proposed to me, which is actually kind of funny because when he did propose to me, I didn't know we were in a very serious relationship, but we were also very young. So I, I wasn't I didn't know it was coming. Um, and when he asked me, I am so much of a realist that I said, oh, uh, you know, I'm I'm not we didn't get to talk about like having kids like I like seriously, I don't know if I want kids and he was like on his knee and I was like uh and he's like uh well I I thought that through like I know that you might not want them and I still love you and I still want you to marry me so I did say yes obviously and I thank him for being patient with me while I delayed my answer to him but uh yeah I'm I'm a super realist I was very unsure because this life is so fucked up. You know, there's so many dark things about what goes on in the world. And I, it's a very scary thing to, you know, I'm in my early 20s to think about having kids. And that's something that you should talk about if you're going to get married. Because that matters. And it's not for everyone. And that could be a deal breaker. So, yeah. I did talk about that with him, but I don't know if he thought I was going to change my mind later, which I didn't have to. It was in the cards for me. And until Ruby, I never realized 
or thought rather that things are meant to be. Um, she definitely changed my mind about that. Uh, things are meant to be because it, I'm not going to get into it, but it, it was very shocking that she came about. But that girl, that little baby girl, changed everything for me. Um, you know, it took me a little while when I was first pregnant because it was very shocking to be like, okay, with the idea. Um, just because it was just so shocking to me. And I wasn't 100% there. No one in my surroundings, my friends, no one was there. Um, once I kind of like, was like, oh, wow, this is happening. And it's wonderful. And um, they quickly changed. And um, she changed everything. At that time in my life, I sure I was I was thriving with work and um, had a wonderful man next to me, but I personally was in a very, very dark place. Uh, sometimes it doesn't matter what you have in your life. Um, if these things are going on for you personally, nothing's going to change that. So um, she did change that for me, though. Um, because here I was pregnant. I couldn't not feed her. So, um, my body became something different. And I was worried about that. I was really worried about that. I thought, how am I going to do this? You know, I spent the last, like, 17 years feeling a certain type of way about my body, 18 years maybe, and maybe 16 of those years steadily harming it. So how was I going to get to a place where I was able to nourish it and, and treat it the way I needed to? So one thing that's good for me, or um, a good characteristic of mine is that I'm so loyal and um, I just knew. I knew what I had to do and it wasn't for myself and I wish that I could have been able to do it for myself because I am very saddened by the amount of time I spent hating myself and... and um, harming myself really um but I was able to do it for her um and she also saved me from drinking because I mean who wants to feel anything right it's so much better to be blacked out all the time so yeah I was having a lot of trouble with that um, and couldn't do that anymore. And now I'm not referencing this, um, to say a baby could change your life. And 
it's good to go have a baby because that is not <laughs> true. But in my circumstance, she really, uh, she did that for me. And I, I was 27 at the time and exhausted by myself. And it just, it just happened. So I had her, uh, we had her and it was hard. I mean, you know, having a baby is no joke and it's a lot of hard work. And now you're a couple with a baby that, you know, you know, this person inside and out, but you don't know them as a parent. And we are both wonderful parents. So that wasn't half as challenging as it could be for some people. But um, it's all just like new. It's all happening. And you have to adapt to the situation and, um, you know, you're working and trying to be a good parent. And there really was, you know, no time to fuck around. So it was, it was good for me. I, I couldn't fuck around anymore. And, uh, and then, you know, a little into Ruby's growing, I started to notice some different things and um, I'll have to save that for another podcast. But um, my baby girl was not quite connecting and, um, you know, we started to go the avenue of just having her evaluated and um, life quickly turned into she was my main focus and our main focus. But when things started to kind of started hit, hitting the fan, um, we kind of had no choice but to dive headfirst into everything we could do to help her um, grow. She was having some delays and, you know, her developmental kind of behaviors were not, quite where they needed to be. Um, and she did get a diagnosis of, um, autism at the time and, you know, perspective just totally shifts, you know, like when you become a parent, if you don't throw everything else to the wind, you know, you're not, going to benefit your child you have to just let other things go because this baby needs you for everything so yeah I just kind of got my shit together and my perspective was so different and uh, it was all about Ruby and and helping her along and giving her all the things and the tools she she needed and slowly but surely things started to change for me with my body I mean I had just had a baby and you know those dark thoughts were still there but I I channeled it differently and I had to because I had to be healthy and strong for her so I'm forever grateful to my daughter for, you know, 
being what I couldn't be for myself. Um, and she's shown me so much. That little kid worked her little tush off and always does. And it's just a, a different mindset now. Um, but the bottom line of me sharing all of this is if you are suffering or you know a friend who is suffering, please know that it doesn't have to define you. Um, and it's never too late to make a change, to choose to redefine yourself and choose to crush that demon that's lurking, <laughs> you know, try and take control over it. I used to always say like I have these control, I had control issues and that was part of my eating disorder. I can't control anything in my fucking life. You know, and then you'd have these moments and it definitely is control related. But until recently, it, you know, I didn't realize like how much control I had over, over my life and over what was so wrong with it. You know, I just kind of reached for that as a control outlet. And all the while I could have been just looking at it so differently. I spent so many years, still to this day, I do it and it brings me so much satisfaction and it's so real for me to, you know, spread self-love and, you know, talk people up and help with confidence. It means so much to me and it always has and it's, it's so sad to me that I couldn't do that for myself. Um, for so long and it was so easy for me to shower everyone else with it but now I I see things very differently and I can talk to myself differently and have a respect for myself differently and you know if you're dealing with these things or any sort of self-abuse I urge you to seek help. You know, I wish I had sooner. Because um, things would have been a lot differently for me. I had, you know, you never know, but like people have, you know, I was lucky in so many different ways. And to know that like I was kind of the cause of all of, not all, but like a lot of my problems is kind of unfortunate, you know, like it could have been so much different. I don't, you know, I'm not going to sit here and say I regret everything because it, <laughs> my eyes are fucking wide open. I'll tell you that. But, you know, it could have been different. So I just urge people that are going through this, any age really, because it can it could have very well not changed for me and I could still, 34, you know, still be feeling and dealing with the same things. And those, that, you know, darkness doesn't just disappear. It's something I work for, but it's worth working for. Um, so find a teacher, a counselor, ask a parent or an aunt. Tell them that you need help. 
It's okay to ask for help. You're worth it. There isn't a day that goes by that I have recovered that I don't see that girl in the mirror. Or, like I said, struggle with certain things. And that's okay too. But time is precious. So the time is now. And it's time to love yourself. And I think if you're someone listening that, you know, you don't struggle with the, these awful things and you, you know, never have, I'm so happy that that's the case. Um, but I think that as adults around children, just something I'd like to say is, you know, actively practice good thoughts around them. And when you're vocalizing about your body or someone else's body, you know, make sure if you're around young ears to do it in a positive way. Because, you know, I don't know when things fell off for me. And I feel as a parent, you know, just raising two beautiful girls. Um, and I stress Ruby just because she's older. But they're always paying attention and they're always listening. And I think that people underestimate children. Um, and they un undermine what they're actually saying, the things that are coming out of their mouth. They don't realize that a simple thing said about someone on TV or, or themselves can be... I don't know why that like jersey, extra jersey came out, but, you know, I guess that's what I picture. Anyway, um, you know, they don't realize that it's it's an influence. Every Everything is. So you don't know when things are going to come crashing for someone. So pay attention to what you say and and be kind. Be kind to yourself. And, and to others so that you're a good example. Um, and check in. Check in with your, your youth around you. Um, it's nice when someone checks in with you. So remember to check in with them. Things can look so nice on the outside and be so wrong on the inside. So, um, and some people just have a hard time expressing themselves. I always did always. And until apparently now, now I'm like, here I am. Here it is. People listen up. So yeah, anyway, that's, that's me in a nutshell. I hate to be so wompy, but it it was a wompy time. Throughout all of it, though, I still feel very blessed and um, I hate when people say that. I feel blessed. I don't know why I just said that, but I do feel grateful for so much in my life and I guess at this point I'm talking on and on but I guess I'm just like ah you know I, I wish 
my older self could speak to my younger self and support my younger self and express that it doesn't have to be this way. There's different avenues. And I still need avenues. And uh, as you can all tell, if you're following me on my um, Laura Allen artistry account, you know, shit's a little crazy right now for me too, but I promise I'm, I'm okay. <laughs> Don't be concerned. I am painting all the time and creating all the time because I, I just have to. I mean, I have to get this energy out. I have to um, express myself and I'm not behind the chair right now as I keep whining about, but it's true. And I, I'm not able to have my outlet and do what I love. So I have to create and, and that's what I'm doing. I hope that you guys appreciate it. Um, maybe not my artwork, but some of this, this unveiling of who I am. I really never exposed that part of me. I mean, even still to this day, it's hard to say I was bulimic for 17 years or maybe maybe 16. I don't know. But a huge chunk of my life. Um, but I hope that it helps anyone, even if it's one person. Hopefully you don't have any of that. But maybe you gain something from this conversation that I'm having with myself. It's weird. I give everyone credit who has a podcast that does it on their own. I much prefer having people to talk to and bounce off of. So next week, you bet your bottom dollar, it won't just be me. Okay, guys? Uh, yeah, so that's it. That's Laura Allen. I'm signing out. Have a good one. Catch me in a field somewhere. <laughs>